You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald with great news to share with our valued 24-7 sports VIP members. As a way of saying thank you, a subscription to a CBS all-access commercial-free plan is now included with your 24-7 sports VIP membership at no additional cost. Watch all of your favorite shows on demand along with exclusive access to GoPowerCat's award-winning and one-of-a-kind coverage of Kansas State sports. Stream more than 10,000 episodes all access originals and live TV, including NFL on CBS games. Enjoy the CBS all access commercial free plan, a $99 and 99 cent annual value for the lifetime of your 24 seven sports VIP membership. It's an incredible added value for our subscribers and it's time you probably take advantage of this deal and become a go Powercat member. And remember to subscribe to the PowerCat Podcast at your favorite podcast provider, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here is your PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Questions podcast, your weekly podcast that we answer questions. That's why we named it that. I mean, if we were going to talk about Torchy's Tacos coming to town. We would name it the PowerCat Tacos Podcast, which would be kind of a cool podcast where we'd get a bunch of people just sit around and talk about tacos. I think if we were specifically talking about Torchy's Tacos coming to town, it would have to be a Torchy's-related title to the podcast, not just tacos. Well, we'd have sponsorship issues because you couldn't let one taco place unduly influence your discussion of tacos by being the sponsor let's be real though i would i would make it a taco lucha podcast hmm. i think uh for the next food challenge we will we will taste test torchies versus taco lucha don't make me choose my favorite child and we'll pick taco lucha even if it's not the best i'm tim fitzgerald he's riley gates zach carlson has contributed a Hmm, so far in this podcast. Hey, I broke the news that Torchies was coming by quote-tweeting another news outlet's tweet. <laughs> it was an awesome use of someone else's information. At least we credited them. <laughs> hey, quote-tweet is credit. Yes. Very good. That's it for the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Busy week around the world headquarters. We got some stuff done on Monday, and then we decided, hey, let's do the podcast, because on Tuesday morning, we taped the Jeff Mitty Power Chat. We went to the Chris Kleiman press conference. We did all that football coverage stuff, and then we covered Kansas State basketball. And, of course, then Wednesday is dedicated to putting together the pregame podcast. <sighs> And I, I still got to get a Texas Tech guest. Man. You know what they say. You know the old saying. He's, he's too much to do and too little Tim. 
you just ignore that one. I, I mean, I can. This I can, is all right. Uh, B plus. We're sponsored by B plus. That's good. It's not bad. <laughs> that's better than K State played in any area of the game last week. We're hey, that's spo- VIP content. <laughs> oh, Don't give it away. <laughs> it. We're sponsored by the fridge. They are VIP content, except all of you, if you're 21, are VIPs. Actually, it's VILs. Um, so get on in there, take your very important liver with you, no. and do some shopping. Or 18 if you're a cigar person because you can purchase cigars at the fridge. You can purchase cigars at the fridge. It's a there indirect ad that we may have been had had a few facts wrong in. What we had we were wrong. I know. Imagine that, right? D- who corrected you? I corrected you. But someone had to tell you that you can go in there. My brain. Oh, okay. Whatever. Look at the big brain on Riley. <laughs> Look at that. When his Chiefs outfit is we missed the start of the Chiefs game doing this podcast. This segment is sponsored by the Kansas City Chiefs. You should be watching them right now at Tanner's Bar and Grill. Tanner's, where football shows up on the wall. I mean, you can watch a rerun of the game if you want. Good. (laughs) They're listening on Wednesday. I visited Tanner's on Friday night. Saw my friend Charlie. Uh, hung out with my buddy Alan, who covers West Virginia. He got to see the pep band come in. It was fun. Tanner's fun. It's in Aggieville, which should be called Funville. <laughs> Just guys, I've had a day. It's going to be a loopy podcast, but here we go. It's your questions from Wildbash Station. You ask, we answer. Zach reads. Hold on, that's not the right order. You ask, Zach reads. We answer. <laughs> there. there you go. From TN Cat, on the final drive, we had just made a first down with 40 seconds left to go and had the Mountaineers on their heels, and we took a timeout. We had a spirited discussion about this. The clock had stopped for the first down. Why take a timeout there? Well, first off, let's not get too worked up about it because it you know, didn't end up mattering, really. But I didn't get it either. That didn't yeah. make any sense. Riley didn't get it. I got it. Clock stopped. You got time to either... Hurry up to the line and pick a play. I mean, that's why you have a little fancy play caller on your wrist. I mean, you should be able to do a quick hurry-up offense. Or you got time to get up there, clock it, and lose two seconds at most. Then you've got however much time, 40 seconds or so, 38 seconds. You've got two timeouts because, let's be real, you're not taking deep shots at the end zone. You're going over the middle. You might your, your chances of getting out of bounds are not very good the closer you get to the end zone. So if you get tackled over the middle, you now have one timeout to burn, save time, and then save the other one, you know, last last resort if you need it later. Now you're down to one timeout with 40 seconds on the clock, and I just don't like it. I get what I, – and I honestly, I need to go back and watch it because my impression as the play completed was that the players were pretty spread out. The clock starts at the spotting of the ball, not alignment and start the play clock. It – once they just stop the clock to spot the ball, once the ball is properly spotted and the chains catch up, the clock starts. So it would probably been more than two seconds, particularly if guys were kind of all over the place and they were trying to collect themselves. I would have called a timeout right there, and I understand the argument against it. Um, and as Riley pointed out, it really didn't mean anything because you throw the pass long enough, you get a touchdown. So I don't think. West Virginia was able to gather themselves. Maybe they did need the rest. I don't know. But it's entirely possible Coach Kleiman didn't feel like they had a 
a play in proper position at that point and wanted to talk about it, I don't know. I didn't think it was that big a deal. But I certainly understand why you might. Side note, they don't wait for the chains in this sport anymore. It's stupid. Take the rule out. What do you mean? Watch whenever there's a hurry-up offense that gets a deep first down. They do not wait. There are so many plays that are snapped before the chains are set. Oklahoma State did it. I had, you know, I, I made a comment about it, tweeted about it during the Oklahoma State game, and then Ryan Lackey from K State came up to me and he was like, "Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on." Right? They were, I mean, they're snapping the ball before they're they're in place to get the ten yards. I mean, it's it's insane at this point. Well, how about the first half when they spotted the ball and the ref realized, oh, the spot means it's a first down because the nose of the ball is past the sticks. So instead of saying it's a first down, he moved the ball back. <laughs> I've never seen that in my life. He literally looked down and realized, oh, the ball spotted for a first down. So he moved the ball back a foot. I'm like, what the hell? Right before they snapped, I'm like, because the thing was, it was a first down. It Where the play ended was a first down, and, and I couldn't figure out why they weren't moving the chains because the ball was properly spotted. It was a first down, but they decided it wasn't a first down. They didn't measure. They didn't go up to review. As soon as he touched the ball moved it back, they should have said, oh, we're reviewing the spot. That's I'm not great. perfect at my job. I make mistakes. We all make mistakes in our line of work. I've never seen somebody make as many mistakes, and never get in trouble for it as Big 12 refs do. I know. It's absurd. I agree. I never make mistakes. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. Okay. From Mountain Joe, was announcing alternate uniforms a week ahead of the game a distraction to preparation? No. No. I, I don't buy that. I, uh, I don't. I don't. I Maybe some guys got distracted, but... Uh, I I just think they were flat. If anything, if anything about the helmets had any sort of impact on the game, it would have been probably positive, honestly, because the players were were hyped up to wear an alternate helmet. Yeah. I mean, honestly, maybe they spent their adrenaline over it early, too early in the week. Could have been, but I mean, I, no, in no way, shape, or form did the helmets impact the game. They could have been wearing the throwback. Or <laughs> The throwback uniforms, the alternate uniforms, the normal uniforms, and uh, it would have been the same result. Zach, how long do you think it would have taken? It took them to re-decal and stripe those white helmets. Oh, <laughs> could, you, could you use words instead of like dolphin sounds? That was so weird. I I couldn't speak. I just went ah. Uh, hours. Probably a whole day of work. Like, probably, what, eight, a dozen equipment staff? Probably each did ten helmets apiece? A couple hours per morning? Probably. An afternoon well, it took of work. A, a, yeah. yeah, half a day for the Significant staff. amount of time. It wasn't it wasn't have just to a change slap them back. on. Yeah. If they do change them back. Okay, I wonder what so, they do with all the power cats. You think they, like, trash them yeah, and trash new them. ones? Okay. Yeah, they have new ones, so just decals. Um, yeah, I guess... They got a big boost in sales, and maybe it was in part because a retailer again leaked a photo out, right? And then they said within hours they had put out the video and everything. Yeah. I personally would have thought it would be cooler 
to practice in the white Powercat helmets and on Friday have the staff redo the helmets to the cats. Because you practice in them, not because of the sticker, so that you get used to the helmet. And then re-sticker them. I don't know. I mean, maybe they they might have done that and just used one helmet for the video. They made $50,000 off that. (laughs) On the first day. But, yeah, on the first day. By the way, we will be having, uh, for those of you not going to Texas Tech, we'll be meeting in my cul-de-sac at uh, 3 p.m. for a bonfire. So if you want to bring, if you got any Bob Huggins stuff left over that you never got rid of, you can bring it, your Cats logo, uh, your your John Curry t-shirts, I'm with JC. Um, God, that was for, this West Virginia. Is that a real thing? No, I made that up. K-State but. West Virginia is slowly turning into a rivalry, you know? Took Bob Huggins, then this game happened. I don't know. Not much else has happened, but we're going to call it a rivalry. Oh, you're trying. Oh, <laughs> hold on. If you're on the other end of that bargain, what they did to Geno Smith probably. Ah, yes, I did forget about that game. Speaking of the Cats gear, not only did they sell 50000 of it in that first day, they're almost out. Like, I was kind of surfing around the shop website the other night, and I was like, I wonder if they've cut prices down. They have three items left. They have the mini helmet. They have the purple T-shirt. They have the purple hoodie, or the, the purple zip-up. Yeah, that's all that's available. Have cats diapers in case you crap yourself like they did. <laughs> They'll make more. Yes, they will. And they will sell more. I, do you ever use that logo again? Yeah. Or do you do something else next year? Or, I mean, I'd be cool with something else. I mean, if it's partly about retailing, why, why don't you come back? I mean, you use that Yote logo logo with sales. You'd have the merchandise, but I mean, actually on the physical helmet. I'm okay if they don't wear it again next year. But I want the reason to be, we figured we'd do Flag Willie. We figured we'd do. Yeah, that's what I. I don't want it to be, well, yeah, they were right. We can't win in this logo. Like, that. Well, hold on. Now, hold on here. Do you have lucky anything? Uh, I mean, I tell myself it's lucky, but it's not. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. It's not. Or is it? You know, your logical mind's like, yeah. this, this has no, but you do it. You do it, and this for some people is the opposite. Why? Why test fate? You know? Why just? Yeah. No, I. I you lost to West I, Virginia for God's sakes. I just don't want Gene Taylor to come out and be like, "Well, we were really excited about the Cats helmet." However, due to no, the history you, and the, never, you never say that. You know what I mean, though. I don't want that to be the reason. We'll, we'll do. We'll do something different in the future because we're going to have fun with this. That's the answer. And then you bring in a witch doctor to try to. Take the curse off the Cats logo. By the way, that was the, by far, by far, I made a tweet at halftime, that was a joke, but that was by far the best performance ever in that Cats logo. <laughs> Not even close. That team lost 44-15 to 15 on average. That team lost its 11 games by an average, an average of four touchdowns a game. I'd be interested to see if they get a new alternate next year. I hope they do. I hope just because. Just bring back one of the old ones. Yeah. The K-State, don't bring back the KSU one. That was the lamest helmet. The one they wore when they went to the Independence Bowl. Because you don't really refer to K-State as KSU. If they bring back the K-State that you want, the big K little state, I want a new font. That's old. Yeah, and side note, Fitz. I looked this up. If you're mad about the the Cats helmet going 0-11 Oh, I know. That that K-State was horrible. K-State helmet also did not win a single game. But at least they tied. At least they tied. They did have a tie. They did tie. The Doug Weaver era certainly battled Stan Parrish. Well, then what's the purpose? It's a retro helmet. It looks like Times New Roman. (laughs) 
No, it's fine. Ugh. Because that helmet's so... Actually, you know, that font is uh, so old, that helmet is, that it was Times Roman. <laughs> <laughs> just Roman. Uh, just Roman. Um, I I personally would bring back the the Wildcat, the one that Grogan and Dickie wore. That'd be kind of cool. I would ask Nike to make a, sec- a new secondary whatever. There Scheme, I don't know. Come up with something else. Don't go back to the past. The cats was the best thing that there was, and it really wasn't. It's not that good. good. It's just so. Flag. I'm telling you, it's just so different. If you'd done flag Willie or fighting Willie or probably not the K State, certainly not the KSU, but there's a lot of other things you could have done that would have sold a ton of merchandise. Yeah. It's not just, oh, it's, that was the only one that would sell. That's not. Just need new stuff. Yeah. The Power Cat's cool, but everybody and their mother owns nine Power Cat shirts, two hats, three hoodies. I mean. Well, and I will contend that what also fed into this is as of late, they've set a hard and fast rule about how you can use the Power Cat. It can't be manipulated in any way. So pretty much everything's just, boom, there's a Power Cat. Yeah. You know, it's K-State, Power Cat. I mean, you can't do anything to it so and i get why they do but it limits your merchandise i don't know i yeah i'm with you just come up with something nike go i'm i'd like i really would like a helmet with the big k on it like the our designer did for their our podcast logo i think it's a cool look from gato blanco in mexico that is uh that's Spanish, everyone, for I like pickles cat in Mexico. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're not new, but they're it's a new name. So welcome. Ish. <laughs> welcome to your new uh, personality. Okay. Witness protection. Uh, was our rushing attack ever that great, or was it more of a product of facing teams with poor rush defense? No, I mean, Oklahoma. <laughs> TCU. They didn't run well against TCU. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I had it mixed up in my head. Yeah, I mean, no, it's been good. It was efficient enough against Mississippi State. I see what you're saying, but again, it's it's to me, it's it's kind of like what they did against Oklahoma State and Baylor in that stretch. You know, where you were like, "What happened? It was so good. Now it's gone." Based on that, they're going to finish with three wins. Well, you know, I might not be predicting it. Whatever. No, I mean, I think, I think the Oklahoma game, they obviously took care of business, but the offensive line just hasn't been the same since the KU game. Really, Um, they've been getting their butts whooped. I too many times the offensive linemen are watching the play. That's weird. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, they are watching the play. They are watching James Gilbert get tackled a lot, and I. I hate to just target on one group, but it doesn't feel to me like the running backs have regressed. Or I mean, Skylar Thompson's continually playing better. He's had career highs in back-to-back weeks now. Well, I'm going to say it. It almost feels like the offensive line's a one group that hasn't fully bought in. If you're not finishing your blocks, you're not bought into this. what is required of you in the system. And you can see the games where they run the ball well, they're all over the place, knocking the hell out of people. And players are kind of starting to talk about it. Skylar Thompson and James Gilbert both mentioned guys not finishing blocks. 
guys not getting uh not sealing off the corners i mean again you you hate to just blame one group of of players for the struggles recently but i don't think you blame them you hold them accountable for the fact that they're not doing their job everyone should be held accountable you know whether it's the coaches not adjusting how the hell they didn't have a better plan for the the zone run blitz than what they did i you would think you'd come up with a few ideas to try to solve it hey let's try the same thing all over again God. and then climbing after games we get to obviously come up with something different i'm like well no crap i don't know it, it's frustrating to see it tech will do it iowa state will do it florida atlantic in the bowl will do it Florida Atlantic, huh? That was the 24-7 projection. First responders bowl, Florida Atlantic in Dallas at the SMU Stadium. I'd be cool covering a Lane Kiffin bowl game. J.K., Lane Kiffin's not going to be there. He will have taken the Florida State job by then. Hmm. Or any other job that's about to open up. Missouri? He's on. Do you think he's going to be out? I don't know. I'd just like to torment him. I like they're listening. Kansas. From <laughs> Duck Hook 8. How do you rank our wide receivers in effectiveness? The the, the list that Duck Hook Duck Hook Duck Hook <laughs> Duck Hook Duck Hook sees it uh, is one shown two Knowles three Gill four Brooks five Weber six Youngblood seven Taylor. I'd flip uh, two and I'd flip Knowles down to three and I'd put Gill at two. I think Viking Gill has been incredible. Only because. Knowles is hurt. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably put so two A, two B, and I would fl- I would put Landry Weber higher. He hasn't just. I mean, I know it. It seems like I'm just targeting in the the one catch that he had in this game, but yeah. all of his catches this year have been phenomenal catches. He, he, can, he can catch. And Youngblood, the only reason he's that low, they don't throw him the damn ball. I don't get it, man. Throw him the ball. You raved about him and raved about him. Throw him the ball. And he's succeeded. He's shown that he's athletic. He's shown he's a playmaker. And you refuse to get him involved in the offense. I, I talked about this on the Insiders podcast, but I want to bring it up because it still sticks in my craw. They had him isolated on a corner with no safety help. And the box was absolutely packed. And they handed it off to James Gilbert for, I think, a loss in the second quarter. And if they just run the young blood with a one move, you know, a post flag, whatever you want to do, he's going to be open. He's going to run past that guy. They got scared and never threw the ball deep after a few, you know, they had the success and a few other tries, and they said, no, we're not going to do it anymore. It was baffling. I like his list, though. Those are all the receivers. Dalton Schoen, I mean, we just can't say enough about – or at least I can't say enough about what he's done this year. Although he list, there's only seven to list. I would put Taylor eight. <laughs> guys, oh. guys, Jabashian Taylor is going to go down as potentially the most overrated wide receiver since Carlos Strickland. Since uh, oh, there was another one right before Strickland. I'm totally brain farting here, but it just. I don't know. Maybe we're guilty. Maybe we need to be held accountable on that one. But Man, looks, there's nothing about him that says he should be bad. It, he looks so good running on and off the field because that's all he does. He runs <laughs> on the field, makes a mistake, and runs off the field. He didn't even get a snap. He ran on the field, got a false start, and left the field before the ball was even snapped. Uh, I mean, Snyder would have done that. Steiner would have done that too. Oh, yeah. Like, well, now we know why I wasn't playing. <sighs> 
from TN Cat. How was it Sean was able to be on the sideline talking to the punter during the game? I thought in his role, he couldn't be on the sideline or interact with the players during the course of the game. That is my understanding, too. To my knowledge, that shouldn't have happened. I don't know. And I'm taking your guys' word for it because you were the ones that said, I, we can't, I can't hardly tell who Skylar Thompson is from where we sit, you know, on the sideline. All their numbers are covered. I can't pick out one coach that looks the same as every other coach down there on the sidelines but i didn't see it i but if it did happen i don't understand it i'm pretty sure analysts can have no on-field coaching interaction they have only they can do breakdown film but like if joe hall's on the sideline or taylor bratt's on the sideline are they they're not coaches i mean it's, they're in the same wouldn't the same rules apply to them if they're you know you i know wonder I mean? if there's a I wonder if it cuts off at practice and maybe during games you can. Because you have like 60 bench passes, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I will explore this with Sir Kenneth Lanoue of athletics and get a clarification on the rule. Sounds good to me. And then I'll forget about it. I'll either forget to ask or I'll forget the answer. But I'm going to forget something because that's how I roll lately. From Mountain Joe, how big is it, in your opinion, that our three losses come from teams with three former high-level K-State coaches who have very intimate knowledge of players' strengths and weaknesses? I think there's something to be said about some of it. I think there's something to be said about it. I don't think I can look at it and say K-State beats Oklahoma State if Charlie Dickey's not there. And I can't look at this game and say, well, damn, if Blake Seiler just hadn't been the linebackers coach at West Virginia. I don't know. It's it's a very it's it's very odd that the losses are coming against some of these programs. It's tough to not look at it and say it's tough to look at it and not say well, maybe there's something there. Um, are you calling Zach Hansen worthless? Yes, I totally forgot Zach Hansen was at Oklahoma. Hmm. Totally forgot. And Andre Coleman didn't do anything at Texas offense. Uh-huh. I. I couldn't tell you what analyst jobs are and how much involvement they have on, you know. Like, K-State's passing game was pretty good at Texas. I don't think Andre Coleman had tons of insight secrets to the weaknesses of K-State's receivers. I don't know. It's it's an interesting coincidence. We'll put it that way. And maybe there's something to it, but probably not something we can prove and point out to. From Imonica, what game is more of an outlier and why? Beating Oklahoma or losing to West Virginia? Beating Oklahoma. Because if that team played Oklahoma ten times, Oklahoma would win nine of them. I think you got to go higher than that. If they played 50 times, they'd win 49. I think it was just... <laughs> Wait, what's the difference? That's a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about a 1 in 10 chance or a 1 in 50 chance? Look, they played the phenomenal game against Oklahoma. Everything they needed to do against Oklahoma, they did. They were the better team for 60 minutes of that game. But they couldn't do it. Like, that's why everybody was all excited about the, you know, oh, let's go to the Big 12 championship and, you know, make the Sugar Bowl or whatever. If K-State played Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, I don't think it'd be close, and I think Oklahoma would win. Yeah. I think they just caught them on a, on a bad day. Oklahoma's just a really good team. I'm not saying K-State's a bad team. I don't think Oklahoma's that good. I don't. I well, think they're, they're not national championship good. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're still the best team in the conference. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just don't think they're that good. That's not a normal Oklahoma team, I don't think. 
again, not to say K-State's a bad team. They're just not Oklahoma good. They were Oklahoma good for one game. And That's all it takes. They're significantly and better than West Virginia, I think. But if they played ten times, I think West Virginia might win two or three. Yep, West or Virginia 43. was K-State good for a day. 43. K-State would win 46 times if you want me to go on Fitz's scale. You don't understand math at all. I'm just saying. I was throwing out a number. From Adam K sixty three, was the lack of emotion after the opening score from the team on the field? I don't get it, man. The defense had a hell of a starting drive. Boom. Three plays in and out of there. One play. Offense scores. In eighty three seconds, you were up seven to nothing and your opponent had already given you the ball back. And the defense comes out there. Like it had just been smacked in the mouth on the last drive, and it didn't want to go back out on the field. That's crazy. They got embarrassed. That was an embarrassing they got, defensive They got a stop, and then they had the penalty from Deshaun, which is just unexplainable boneheadedness. It reminded me of the Dalton Reisner late-hit personal foul at Vanderbilt when he yeah. tried to, after the game, say, I, I played through the whistle. No, you, you hit him about 10 seconds after the whistle. But even before that, I mean, like, getting down into that position. Didn't West Virginia I, – I should have looked it up, but West Virginia started that drive in uh, a bit back there, yeah. and they just, with ease, boom, boom, boom. When did Tom Hayes get back into the box, by the way? Oh, my God. Don't start. It was – Those were bigger cushions than I've seen in three years. It was It was weird. It was just weird. The whole day was weird. You just knew they were going to lose. I mean, 14-10 is the and, first quarter. And did you notice they didn't have a power cut on the helmet? I don't know if you noticed. Just pointed out. Last question of the first half from Eric Black DV. It is really, really impossible to predict the outcomes of K State's next two games. Do you agree or disagree? Absolutely. Yes. Actually, no. I'm. They will win and lose, or win, lose and win, or win, win and lose, lose. That's my prediction. Fitz has now predicted all possible scenarios on the table. Look, I can see him going. 2-0 down the stretch just as easily as I can see him going 0-2. Agreed. And that and that's changed because of the West Virginia game. Because West Virginia got throttled by Texas Tech in Lubbock. It doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. They're just every weekend is self-contained in the Big 12. And yeah. that's why it's so hard to predict. It is. It's not a great conference. It's a competitive conference. It's kind of like the Powercat Questions podcast. I don't know whether they're that great, but boy, we compete. We try hard or not. We're going to take a break. Stay locked in. The PowerCat podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions podcast sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I'm standing. We're, we're normally seated in the WTC Geek Pirate Studios, but I've been in my car for a lot of today, and my tailbone hurts, so now I'm standing above my employees. I'm lording over them like the Fridge Wholesale Liquor lords over alcohol. They stand above it, and they... I don't even know where I'm going with this. I was, I was I, just going to let you find your way out of it. I, I can't get out of it. I couldn't really get very far into that, and then I couldn't get out. Go to the fridge. It's just kind of annoying because I have to look up at him now when I'm talking to him. Hello, Riley. How you doing? Over there. Below me. That's why you say down there. I know. Because you can make a joke at my shortness. At I'm the same out time. of it, guys. Get off my case. Go to the fridge. Buy alcohol. Say hi to Kevin and everyone and say, Riley Gates sent me, and they'll say, the fridge at the corner of this and that in this town right here. Boom. Segment's brought to you by the high low. High low. Go to the high low. 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 Is that an ad? High low. Christmas bar. Christmas bar. High low. Go to the high low. Do you have Tourette's or something? Like what? <laughs> What's going on right now? <laughs> just people are gonna say he wouldn't shut up about it, <laughs> but they'll remember. Hello, here's your questions for Bobash. Or they're gonna see the sign in Aggieville and go, "God, that guy wouldn't shut up. I'm not going there." About the hello <laughs> from Fervent Purple. Let's talk coordinators. For as good as they have been most games, I thought they were both off against West Virginia. What are your thoughts? Off. Sure. As bad as the message boards are making them sound on Saturday night? No. Yeah. They got a little carried away. Um, yeah, it wasn't their best performance. They basically, I'll put it in terms you might understand, fellas. They went to Aggieville and they came home with no digits. Or they came home with 555 digits. Not sure how the analogy stacks up, but okay. Look. Good night. Okay. I mean, let's just get Scotty Hazelson out real quick because there's not a whole lot to really say. Yeah, he was off his game. For some reason, I mentioned, you know, he's given cushions. That didn't make any sense. They they couldn't seem to – they just didn't have that, that it factor that they usually had. I kind of felt like the defensive line was fine, but it wasn't as mean and, and – uh, yeah, they didn't bully startling him. I mean, Reggie Walker had two QB hurries, and that led the team. And I was like, I don't even remember him having QB hurries. So, look, the defense was bad. Uh, yeah, he was off his game a little bit. You know what, though? The yardage wasn't bad. K-State ran no. for more yards. They threw for more yards. It, it was almost like... One of the things they've done well is they've risen up on third downs. They've risen up on red zone plays and made the big play, gotten the stop, gotten moth field, forced the field goal, got the three and out. This game they didn't. They they maybe didn't convert a lot of third downs, but by God, you remember the ones they did because they were enormous plays, including a, a third and seven million that basically won the game. I I just thought they got beat on crucial plays that stick out. The first touchdown. How 
Why are you just standing there staring at the quarterback and not covering the guy standing right next to you? It was just a weird day, man. The one that bothered me the most was the fact that people were just going after Courtney Messingham for this game. And and I don't understand. I don't understand it because you you say he should have changed things up. You say he should have thrown a new wrinkle in the offense. A trick play? Is that like what, well, what is a new wrinkle? Because as Kellis Robinette pointed out, they threw the ball 39 times in that game, yep. which was the most that a K-State team has thrown since Jake Waters' last game in that Alamo Bowl against UCLA. Shout out to Kellis Robinette for that stat. They threw the ball 39 times. They ran the ball 38. 38 times. They clearly went against the game plan that they usually have coming in every game. Running the ball wasn't working. Passing the ball did work. They changed up the offense. Yeah, I would like to see him do a more play action at a time or two, but play action here and there isn't considered drastically changing up the offense. I, I don't know what it was. Like People were mad that the that the running game wasn't getting going, and they were blaming Courtney Messingham for that, and I just don't understand it. Who did Your you credit? Your offensive line doesn't block. Nothing's going to work. Who do you credit for the Oklahoma game then? Was that Courtney Messingham, or, or was that the players that did it there? Yeah, I agree. He's I mean, falling into Dana Dimmel syndrome right well, that's, now. Well, that's pretty much the fate of coordinators nowadays. It's the unnecessary, inaccurate scapegoat all the time, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And it was clearly special teams analyst Sean Snyder's fault. <laughs> from joke, Dan- joke, <laughs> joke. From Danny Fab One, do you think these losses, where the gameplay basically failed, um, has opened up the coaches' eyes and minds to making adjustments during the game versus trying to stick to the game plan and hoping it starts to work? Well, I thought they got away from the game plan. The game plan is to run the ball a whole hell of a lot more. I I just thought there there were certain elements in the game plan that didn't make sense to me, why they didn't try to go downfield. Coach Kleiman said on Tuesday, big plays. They give up big plays. That's been their problem. They give up big plays. So you got a big play. And then he said, okay, that's don't want to be greedy here. Let's call it good. I, I don't know. I... <laughs> You've been waiting for your three guys to be back to run your inverted wishbone? You ran it once or twice. Yeah, where's that play gone? And why do you need those three guys? In fact, you ran one time with uh, the human bowling ball out there. Um, I don't understand why other people can't run that. I mean, why can't Morgan Burns be in that formation? Do you not let him practice that? If that formation works, let it work. That seems to be a formation that would slow down that run defense. Because you literally don't have a clue where the ball's going. And they've made halftime adjustments all year. Like, I refuse to believe that they go into the locker room and they're like, well, this isn't working, but this is what we were planning on doing, so I'm just going to stick with it. Well, and they clearly it- made adjustments. They don't, you don't throw the ball that much. What, what got them into trouble was there's no 50-50 on that. You either continue to run the ball and try to wear out the, the defense or – you switch to throwing the ball. And I feel like, I'll say it, I feel like either you need to run the ball more or throw the ball more. At some point, they probably should have just said, screw it, you guys want to stop the run? We're throwing it. It might be short, little short passes, but we're throwing it. When you're averaging seven yards a completion, or excuse me, an attempt, and three yards a run, maybe you should just throw it a little more. Maybe... If they if people are going to stack the box and say you're not going to run on us, 
accept it at some point and just move on. If you can't run the ball, if you can run it, keep doing it. But man, it just it just got maddening. I don't know. From Gato Blanco in Mexico. That that is a purple cheese in Mexico for. Oh, he's changing now. I think again. now I think we need to specify: is it Mexico or Mexico? Or are these two people with incredibly difficult names? I don't. I would just avocados from Mexico. From I guess Mexico. it is Mexico. Yeah, not Mexico. 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 Avocados. The wildcat in Mexico. Are. <laughs> It's the white cat, not wild cat. <laughs> the white cat Whoa. threw me off. It is. Come on now. I got a B in high school Spanish, and I knew that. I got an F in math. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Are we trying to force the passing game, or has it, has it just become necessary because of our lack of a rushing attack? Well, I kind of answer that. Yeah. It has. It, they, if, if teams are going to put so many guys in the box, you've got to throw. You've got to get the ball to the edge. It's kind of funny because Chris Kleiman said on the teleconference, he's like, you know, we don't want to throw the ball 39 times a game. Fair. I don't want to see you throw it 39 times a game either. But it kind of worked, did it not? Yeah, if if they're going to put eight in the box, throw the ball 45 times a game. You've You've got your most talented quarterback. Probably, I'm going to be, I need to be careful here. Probably since Jake Waters. Just thinking off the top of my head real quick. Yeah, I mean, and you've got talented receivers. You've got a game-changer Malik Knowles. You've got an absolute lock on your catches in Dalton Schoen, for the most part. I know he had that one at the end that he could have grabbed but ended up being an interception. You've got a lot of weapons, I guess what I'm saying. The passing game is working well. You don't throw for back-to-back career highs if you're not doing something right. Maybe they do need to change a little bit. Maybe the passing game needs to become more of a, of a center point. I don't know. It's working. From Ricky Ticky Tavi, what is going on with our defense allowing third and long conversions in critical situations? <laughs> well, um, nobody cared to cover the West Virginia guy. I don't think he was there. I, I could have. Think. You think he, it was like the, the uh, secret? The trick play where they stand on the sidelines and nobody recognizes them and they hop in. We ran that in flag football one time. Well, that's illegal. Yeah, details. No, I think he acts, he magically appeared. How does that happen? Magic. Call out the safeties. What are you doing? Never let a man get behind you. It's one thing. That's not even for football. That's just that's a good rule of thumb. It's one thing. Wow. It's one thing if a receiver beats you on a route. And gets behind you that way. He didn't beat anybody. They just totally ignored him. It was I could have made that pass. It was bizarre. I didn't see the guy until after he threw the pass. And Diggy throws the ball. I'm like, where is he throwing that? Where the hell did he come from? Glad I was in safety. I had my eyes in the backfield, too. Plus, I'm slow. I'm old. I make bad jokes. From Pervent. Fervent purple. Fervent purple. It's a tongue twister. Pervert fer- purple. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Just how big of a loss was AJ Parker on this Wildcat defense? I don't know. Maybe. I didn't think it was. Like, that's not the issue. There was right the safeties now. in this game. I thought. I thought Goldsby had one of his worst games ever. Kavion's good. He's playing well. He's not. It's not. They didn't complete. 
A huge percentage. It wasn't like they were getting torched. They just blew big plays. That's why I have a little bit of an issue. Yes, it throws you for a loop. It makes things different no matter who the replacement is. I mean, they could have brought in a five-star, you know, and it's still going to be different. But I haven't noticed a drastic drop at the position since AJ left. I I just I can't I can't put a finger on it. Yeah, it's the safeties. Wayne Jones has had a terrible year. He's been bad. And Denzel Goolsby made a mistake that I cannot believe he made. That pass interference was atrocious. That's a play you make when you're a redshirt freshman like Wayne Jones. I'm not sure. He didn't have his eyes on the ball. He didn't I, I don't know what happened. It was weird. So I yeah, losing AJ is gonna hurt you. You lose your leader. It messes with you mentally, I'm sure. But that's I I'm not gonna point to that and say that's why the defense is, is a little bit different right now, because I don't think that's the reason. It's just They've just stopped playing well for some reason. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I can't point to anything. It doesn't make sense. They should have won the game on Saturday, Fitz. They should have won the game. It was the helmets. (laughs) From GT Cat, how involved do you think Khalid Duke is the remainder of the year? I'm getting more involved. He's kind of got a little playmaking to him. Kind of a stud. I kind of like him. I know. I mean, he's gonna. Have, I mean, there's no sense in not making him a focal point or at least getting him in there a lot. I mean, he's burned his red shirt. He's played in five games, so he's not going to keep that red shirt. Why not just throw him in there a little bit more? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? He misses a tackle. Huh. They've kind of been doing that a lot this year. And they're they were experimenting um, at linebacker. Had Jonathan had Jonathan Alexander in there. And they played Cody Fletcher more than they have all year. Which was I think they're not happy strategy. with the linebackers right now. I don't think they've been happy with Daquan Patton all year. I agree. He's had some good moments, but I don't think good games. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I would say this. I hope he is a focal point or we get to see him a lot uh, in the next two games because no reason to have burnt his red shirt if you're not going to have him in there for a significant amount of time. I agree. From Mountain Joe, does Chris Kleiman need to instill a little more discipline? Penalties are killing us. I'm with him. I don't know what's going on in practice, but I had a former player text me during the game. This has got to stop. They just got to – this has to be – they have to be more afraid of these things than what they are apparently because they keep doing it over and over. And I'll say it. Those stupid penalties in this game, lack of discipline penalties, cost them a victory. You take those out, K-State wins. I really believe that. I'm going to counterpoint a little bit here. Bring it on. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was first a off, bad start to your counterpoint. First off, I need to see the trade of Sean play again. In fact, I, I couldn't – I didn't see it on the replay. I don't know if it was him – he, intentionally doing no, this? No, he. It looked like he tried to jump through the gap, and instead landed on the guy, on his back. To me, you need to be a little bit more self-aware, sure. But it it feels like I was trying to make an aggressive play, and this ended up being the result. So I wasn't too upset with a penalty like that. But let me let me say that the penalties are being overblown because there are. 
there are more unsportsmanlike conducts, uh, uh, unnecessary roughness. There's more of those than there are pass interference, holding, and it's sticking out because holding and pass interference happens on a regular basis. Sometimes you get busted for it. The unsportsmanlike conducts and things like that, those are the ones that hurt you because they stick out. But shout out to GT Cat here who made a really nice post on the board um, on Monday. K-State's not that different right now in penalties than what they've been the last three years when they were under Coach Snyder. They were In 2016, they were fourth in the league in penalties with 88 total, averaging 54.6 in yardage. 2017, they were third with 67 on the year, 45.8 in yardage. 2018, they were third with 59 penalties, averaging 44.8 per yard yardage per penalty. And right now, they're fifth with 58 penalties, uh, averaging 53 yards per game penalty yardage. So it looks like they're on pace right now with that 2016 season where they finished fourth in the Big 12 in penalties. They're not drastically different. But it's not always about how many and how much yardage. It's when they are. It's when they are. I mean, you converted a missed field goal into seven points. You converted what may have been an errant throw downfield into 15 yards and a first down. I mean, it's just kind of when these are coming. I think I think I agree with that. And, yeah, the, the trade of Sean Penalty literally did directly out influence the score, obviously. They missed the field goal, and now then instead they go get a touchdown. But I just – I feel like some people are starting to – say that Chris Kleiman is an undisciplined coach and doesn't have as good a hold on the team, things like that, because there are more of those personal foul penalties. And for so many years, you know, we knew Bill Snyder to don't, don't celebrate, don't do this, you know, don't get a penalty like that. And because they're happening a little bit more, which is a norm with every college football team in the country, I feel like maybe people are taking some, adding some heat onto Chris Kleiman for that. And I just don't know if that's necessarily accurate or fair in my opinion so that's just where i'm at from kned the concern at the beginning of the season was depth for the big 12 grind and coaches not used to the big 12 grind last week Kleiman made a point that he has never been in a five game november and how taxing it is is the team on fumes at the moment i think they're tired but every team's tired well i think the problem is is they don't have a ton of depth they try to build up depth they just don't you know they just They've got a few injuries. They've got more worse than that. They've got some guys that are playing far less than 100%. I think they're just kind of running out right now, and I don't know. You just got to find a way to win one more. You don't want to kind of back into a bowl game at 6-6 six and six and a four, loss, four losses in a row. As crappy as it is that K-State doesn't get a, get a break in November and – They've had probably the worst schedule in terms of bye weeks falling at the wrong times in the Big 12. You got to play the hand you're dealt in a situation like that. That's something that, like, I, yeah, I'll recognize that they're a little worn down. And in major injuries like James Gilbert, for instance, a bye week would become incredibly beneficial. But the little nicks and bruises here and there on guys, the wear and tear, every team's going through that right now. I, you know, Oklahoma and Baylor are probably just licking their wounds right now after a game on Saturday. So. I don't think K-State's at a major disadvantage compared to other teams. I, think I just don't think they have the depth other teams do. Yeah. Maybe comparable teams that with new coaches, but I would say all the other teams in the conference, Matt Rule's in season three, so he probably has some better depth built up. Oklahoma certainly does. Texas certainly should. 
Uh, I just think they're Oklahoma State would. I they, don't know. They drew a str- they drew the short straw this year. Yeah, it just it, it is what it is. You got to play your games. Last question of the podcast from really? Texas Cat ninety three. At the beginning of the season, I said I'd be thrilled with seven and five. Now at this point, I feel like it would be a major letdown to end seven and five because we've seen what this team can do. Is that is it fair to ex- to change expectations like that? No, it, that- I understand your point, but when you step back afterwards, you'll say that was all right. It's just you're in the process right now. Seven and five is really good. Six and six, you can be disappointed with. But you got to keep in mind there were, you know, they brought in some running backs, but really, essentially, this is the same group minus some graduations that went five and seven last year. So, if they were number, if they were six and two and number sixteen in the country at one point, like they were, and they finished six and six, losing to West Virginia, losing two home games, yeah, I'm going to be pretty disappointed yeah, with that. I, I get that. But seven and five, man, that's that's one win better than most people had you expected. You still knocked off one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, nine and three was was very attainable, and boy, it would have looked sexy. And eight and four, that's still a really damn good year. But seven and five, I would look at it and I'd be like, better than we thought, and we'll, we'll take it in year one. Unfortunately, that probably means we're going to Phoenix on Christmas. God, like seven and five is the Cactus Bowl. Yeah, it's got it written all over it. They've got two. They've got two bowls, honestly, on the table. In my opinion, three probably. Yeah, Liberty's still in the mix. Yeah, God, I don't want to do that. I'd rather go to the Cactus Bowl on Christmas. Then go to the Liberty Bowl, really? Yeah. Huh. Nobody had anything nice to say about the Liberty Bowl. It was better than the Cactus Bowl. Yeah. Although you want the hospitality room, <sighs> we'll talk about that off the air. Because Riley really likes the hospitality room. Speaking of hospitality rooms, if you have one, stock it at the fridge. That's how I'm ending the podcast. The fridge. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.